Fearless. Chase. Bold. Following. Courageous. Search. I'm Aaron. And I'm Marshall. And this is Undaunted Pursuit. And it said that the recording, it said, like, just before we started, it said that the recording had finished. So we'll see if this kicks us off again. I don't know how many times we got to try this before it actually takes. (laughs) Third time's a charm. No, more like fifth time's a charm. (laughs) So far, so good. Yeah, we'll see once we get into a minute's worth. Anyway, uh, either it's your storms or we're, we're we're fixing to get some storms, too. So I don't know. It might be. We don't have rock and you do, but um, it is getting ready to rain here. So who knows? That could Mm. be messing things up. Could be. Could be. We uh, I'm glad we're getting some rain, though. We need a lot more rain, a lot more rain. But the rain is good. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, All right. So. Anyway, no, well, we were on there uh, trying to reset this whole thing. I was, uh, I had, yes, that was the theme song that I kind of, um, what was it? Um, I, I sang it, but I didn't really know I was saying it or singing it. Uh, the Power Rangers theme song. <laughs> oh, man. Did you guys recently watch the new... I guess there's a. I saw a commercial for the. There's a brand new Power Rangers movie coming out where they're using some of the original actors. Did y'all watch that? Yeah, and you know what? Yeah, we did watch it, and they shot it in the same way, so it's it's just as cheesy as the as it was old Power Ranger stuff. That's that's what I saw in the commercials. I was like, wow, they're doing like identical to how it was before. But I think that was their goal. That's 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 how they wanted to keep it was just the same way. Yep. Yep, and that's exactly what it was like. It was, uh, uh, it was just like watching the old Power Rangers, and of course, the kids are obsessed. The boys are obsessed with it, and yeah. yeah so I don't know. It was, I, you know, I, I really however was many I was a kid. like an hour's worth of torture. Yeah, when I was a kid, I wasn't much of a Power Rangers fan. I watched it occasionally, but I just wasn't like, oh, I'm a big Power Rangers fan. It wasn't really my thing. You know, but- <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Dino charge or whatever it is. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Next podcast, you know, you, you're going to get on here and you're going to have a, one of their outfits on or something. <laughs> right, right. I know. We'll just start the next. <laughs> oh, I, I just thought of a title for, ten, uh, for this week's podcast is It's Morphin' Time. <laughs> <laughs> do it do it to it i love it <laughs> well, we could get spiritual with that as far as like you know that's i should save that title no i'll, I'll probably just roll with that title anyway just because i haven't been able to think of one um but uh we should go get into or like our next study should be revelation and when and when we get to the part of getting our glorified bodies, a new heaven, new earth, all that, yeah, um, yeah. then we could say it's morphin time. It's morphin time. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, shoot! I tell you what, it's uh, it's about time for me to morph into a new vehicle. <laughs> I, uh, dude, 
I just recently, so my truck over the past couple of years, I've spent thousands of dollars and three different mechanics, two mechanics I paid yeah. one. I haven't. And the final one that I've paid, I'm probably <laughs> going to get my money back on it because it's just the deal that he made with me. And we just, no one can seem to figure it out after bearings and gears and everything's been replaced. And uh, it's just a mess. But um, regardless if it's fixed or not, I'm going to trade that thing in and we're going to buy a Toyota forerunner. Nice little SUV. Nice. Yeah. That's next on the chopping block and they're not cheap. <laughs> unfortunately. No, <laughs> they aren't. I, I feel you, man. Ones. I've, my truck's the same way. Yeah. My truck's the same way. Oh, just battling that sucker, rebuild, you know, just just putting throwing parts at it for the most part. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know it. It's crazy. But it's all good. Hopefully this Toyota, usually they last a long, long time. You can put hundreds of thousands of miles on them. So I'm hoping this one will be like that and I'll be able to have it for years to come. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'll work. So, okay, Mm -hmm. I got to tell you this. I had, I got home from work the other night, and uh, Savannah was painting Ashley's toenails. (laughs) So, guess what? She had just, she was just finishing up when she, when I walked in the door with Ashley's toenails, and uh, she, it was naturally my turn. So, what do you do? As a good father would, I let her paint my toenails. Oh, yeah. What what color was and, it? And um, well, I got uh, green, like a lime green and pink toenail. So like two of my toenails are pink, two of them are lime green. <laughs> or not two of them, the rest it. of them. I'm sorry, it. the rest of them. Yeah. My younger brother Matthew did that. Um, probably a couple weeks back, he was telling me how his daughter wanted to paint his fingernails, and so she did. She painted most of them. <laughs> yep. It's just what you do. When when you have a girl, yep, when you have a girl, that's what you do. You just let them do their thing. Especially when she's like the only girl, girl, uh, when she's the only girl amongst four older brothers, you kind of let her, yep. She's you got to let her be girly. So. Oh, yeah, um, you do. And then I, so you, she doesn't put it on, like, it's not just your toenail. It's almost like your whole top of your toe when she paints your <laughs> nails. So, <laughs> so later on, we had to go to the store after, you know, after it dried and everything, we decided we were going to go to the store and pick up some stuff for dinner. It's like, well, I guess I'm just rocking them because it's actually been warm here and uh, I wanted to wear flip flops. So I, I rocked them. At the store, even. <laughs> so y'all went from uh, <laughs> winter to spring overnight. Yeah. Yep. That's the way it is. <laughs> That's what it so, is. So the, the title can be, it's time for Aaron to morph into his new self with his painted nails. <laughs> What's next? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that, that there's might- no telling. oh shoot so anyway well yeah so that's about it that was the excitement for the week i think yeah for the most part yeah not much has been going around here i just like i said last weekend i was car shopping came close to buying a vehicle um but then thankfully i didn't um 
because I have to drive my truck 500 miles to let these new gears set in. And if it doesn't fix it, I'll get my money back. If it does fix it, mm-hmm. fantastic. I'm still getting rid of it. But that's all I did over the weekend. <laughs> and I was batching it for the past week because my wife was out of town. And uh, she got back yeah. yesterday. And so uh, we just sat down and had Good. dinner earlier before, right before this. And, and uh, just ready for the weekend. Just kind of just do whatever needs to be done. No. Oh. Marshall, I want you to go into your old man rant like you normally do about the tire tracks in your yard. I saw oh that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, let's bring out old man Marshall here. <laughs> so, <clears throat> well, I'll tell you what now. I was sitting out front of my front yard and this daggum person doesn't come down here. <laughs> Sounds kind of like Roy DeMersen. Um <laughs> No, so <laughs> I put a I, couple of pot on his head. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I don't call that boy. I'm going to open a can of you know what on him. And <laughs> no, so um, <laughs> uh, no, so it was. I don't know. Earlier this week, uh, it was it was a night before. It was dark out, and I heard like a car door uh, slam, and I was like, "Oh, that was pretty loud." It sounded fairly close. Mm-hmm. I didn't think twice about it. I just, I was in bed. I just went to sleep. Next morning, got up, went to my truck, went to work, never saw anything. Um, and then I came home at the end of the day and I pulled in my drive and I looked over mm-hmm. to my left and lo and behold was about a, probably a 10 to 15 foot long, almost foot deep rut from somebody driving in my yard. And we have, so we have like the dirt road and that goes into a big ditch and it comes up on the other side into my yard. Well, this guy wasn't on the other yeah. side of the ditch by the road. No, he was like in my yard on the edge of the ditch. And so I saw that and I stood out in my front yard and I was like, I said that loud. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I was like, what is wrong with you people? Yeah. <laughs> I said, I said that out loud. Uh, and I don't know if anybody heard me, but I was so mad because I was like, I try, listen, I, I try really hard to take care of my yard. Um, I put a lot of money and effort and time into it to maintain it. And then somebody, I don't know who it was. I have my suspicions. Um, but somebody thought it would be cute to get their vehicle stuck in my yard and make ruts. And I was not happy about it, but you know, I, uh, I got over it. Um, and I, <laughs> before the, it dried up, I was able to go out there and kind of, put some dirt into it and rake it over and kind of push it down and squish it down and stuff and kind of make it more normal and hopefully the grass it'll it'll grow back and fill in so uh, but yeah i wasn't happy uh i had one as far and post something <laughs> on facebook about it i was like what is wrong with you people in this town <laughs> 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 you know what's funny is here i am well possibly possibly gonna get on the uh city council and uh yeah it, but you know you but you know what before we move on, Aaron, was it, let's see, mm-hmm. today's Thursday, Wednesday, Tuesday, I, I was mowing my lawn. I was out front and I have some neighbors across the street from us. With We're friends with them. I was out front of the scissors and a comb and, uh, <laughs> and I'm out there, I'm out there cutting my lawn, <laughs> giving it a haircut. And uh, there's this kid riding his bike down the road like any normal kid does. And then here comes this car driving about 15, 20 mile an hour down the road, just barreling down the road. And I stopped mowing and I just stood there and I stared at this guy out of disgust because I'm like, 
dude. And he clearly saw the kid. I mean, the kid was right in front of him off the side of the road. I'm just like, these roads aren't very big. And I'm like, you know, yeah. I stopped and I yelled over to my neighbor and I said, well, we got some stupid people in this town. <laughs> and, uh, and I got to talking to her about it. And, uh, but I was so mad because I'm like, and I told her, I said, you know, unfortunately, what I'm afraid is going to happen is someone's child is going to get hit and killed. And it's going to take a really unfortunate yeah. event like that to happen before people stop. And see, we don't have a police force in this town. So you don't have that police presence to kind of put the fear in people and get them to, you know, chill out and slow down. Um, so, yes, old man Marshall has mm. been on a couple of rants this past week uh, because of people who <laughs> don't have much sense. <laughs> now I'm off my soapbox. Uh, well, I just I love it because we should have a uh, like an offshoot of this podcast just dedicated to old man Marshall rants where you just go into everything that happens in your little neighborhood and, you know, uh, going from. You know, everything that's happened so far on here, as far as like people yelling outside or people getting killed in their house, two doors <laughs> down or, you know, whatever people driving through your front yard, messing up the golf course that you got going on. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it would be a good podcast. <laughs> I agree. I think we should do it. I think it'd be fun. It'd be definitely be funny. Um, anyway, we'll see what yeah. happens. <laughs> Well, needless to say, I, you know, I think that maybe they're just jealous that your that your yard looks better than any yard around, and they just they can't stand it, so they got to drive through it. Yeah, it's a good possibility. And you know, I told my neighbor, I told my wife, I said I'm gonna go buy some two by fours. I'm gonna buy some rebar. I'm gonna drill holes in those two by fours, put the rebar through their holes, and to hold the <laughs> two by four in the on top of the ground. And then I'm going to drill screws and nails through that two by four out by the road. So the next time someone comes driving through my yard, they're going to get flat tires too. <laughs> no, I know that's not the most cheap thing to do. So. <laughs> no, that's, that, that's, that's an investment. <laughs> See guys, I'm not perfect. I get, I get upset. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 We're yeah. all human here. Understandable. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so we're, um, oh yeah, we're like 10 minutes, 15 minutes in, and we haven't welcomed y'all to the show, so welcome everybody to Undaunted Pursuit. Um, we just kind of got to rolling here, because we already tried starting this podcast, I don't know, five times before this, so um, it, it pretty much just slipped our slipped our minds, but this week we are getting into Luke chapter 13. It's not that long of a chapter, but you know, it's uh, there's some good stuff. I was kind of reading ahead, Marshall that, uh, and I know I keep saying this, but there, there's some, I like what's coming up. I like some of the other chapters, um, that are coming up in Luke. So, uh, we'll just keep rocking and rolling with this. Huh? Yeah. I, I say so. I say, let's do it. All right, all right. So, uh, Luke chapter thirteen. Now it's kind of it, it gets kind of uh, like uh, the, here at the beginning of thirteen. It's it's a little weird because it it's like well, what what are you getting at here? What are you um what do you what do you what are you see trying to say? What is uh, God's word trying to tell us in this first part of chapter thirteen? So anyway, hopefully 
we can do a good job at uh, trying to decipher that. Hmm? I think we'll do our best. That's all we can do. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, chapter 13 starts off at the time some people... Oh, uh, before I actually get to going, Marshall, I got a uh, a new Bible in the other day. It's hey. a little thinner. Hey. And... Uh, it's all leather. It's all leather. It's nice. I got a CSB Bible. It's not a study Bible, but it's nice to to carry around. It's easy, and yeah. um, I really like it. And what I'm most excited about, Marshall, is the fact that it is a red letter Bible. So all everything Jesus taught, Jesus says, is in red letter. So I'm pretty excited about that. So it there feels go. good in the hand. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I like it. So I've switched up translations here. <laughs> since we've been going with the amplified version and now we're onto the CSB. So we'll see how the CSB compares to the NIV. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So ch- chapter 13 in Luke here at the time, some people came and reported to him about with Jesus, uh, about the Galileans who were, uh, whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices. And he responded to them. Uh, do you think so? Anyway, so these, uh, these people are coming to Jesus and they're, they're complaining about Pilate. Pilate wasn't a good dude. He had been known no. to, um, he had been known to send people out into the, so into the crowd and, um, attack people and, um, like retaliate against some of the Jewish people. And, um, and so that's what, that's what they're talking about. Pilate mixing the blood. Let's see here. Mixed uh, the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mixed with their sacrifices, meaning that he wasn't a good dude. He wasn't, he was known to retaliate, retaliate against these people and uh, just fly off the handle, send uh, people dressed as Jews and kill them um, in different, in different situations. And so um, that's what he's pointing out here. Now, Jesus is going to come in and he's going to, uh, what's the word? He, he's going to kind of compare and contrast a little bit yeah. here. He's like, yeah. do you think that these Galileans were more sinful than all the other Galileans because they suffered these things? He's like, no, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as well. Mm-hmm. Or those, and then he brings up, so he mentions two disasters that were uh, well known of the time period. And um, one of them was done was evil done by humans or done by a human pilot, and the other is a is what we can take as like a natural disaster. And we're going to be talking about the to- uh, the Tower of Siloam, and it, it fell and it killed some. But what we need, uh, so the idea here is that Jesus is going to bring up is we as humans normally think that there there are good people, mm-hmm. there are bad people. And we we expect being uh, s- sinful that good things should happen to good people, bad things should happen to bad people. But Jesus is going to point out in this in this instance that there is nobody more guilty than the other, and and we are all guilty. Yeah, absolutely. So he says, I, I, unless you repent, you all perish as well. Or those eighteen uh, that the Tower of Siloam fell on and killed. Do you think that they were more sinful than all the other people? Who lived in Jerusalem? And then he's going to come back and say, uh, no. He's like, I tell you, he's going to repeat himself. 
repent or you will all perish. Better repent. Add there, Marshall. I'm just saying that when Jesus says repent, boy, you better repent. You better listen up. Let them ears perk up and come on now. He ain't playing around. (laughs) Sorry, if you hear nails clacking on the floor, my dog's in here with me. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) Nice. I'm going to let her out. Give me just a sec. Okay. Okay. She, uh, when it was, my dog hates thunder. She hates storms. And so, uh, when I started thundering, oh, yeah. she got scared and then she saw me coming into the room. So she followed me in here and she's like, dad'll keep me safe. <laughs> ah, okay. So unless you repent, you will likely perish. So it means that, um, so we could all die at any time. So repentance should be of top priority. Wouldn't you say Marshall? Oh, 100%. I mean, go ahead. I was going to say, not, not just to repentance, like to repent and accept them as your personal Lord and Savior, but just like daily repentance. I think you should every single day repent mm-hmm. of your sin, ask God for forgiveness for what you've done. I mean, that's something I try to do every day. Every morning on my drive into work, I'm, I'm praying. That's my kind of my prayer time. And I ask forgiveness for the day before for my sins because I sin daily, you know, and, and, uh, it's yeah. very important. It should, you know, and, and like we say all the time, we're we're kind of preaching. We're, we're preaching to ourselves here as well, but mm-hmm. because you know, did these did these people expect to expect to die? Were they were they re- uh, ready to die? No, but that's why that's why repentance should be of top priority because you just never know when that time is going to come when your time is up. Yep. So, which is why he used this why he used this analogy or these, these two instances is because, you know, it's just showing that we're all flawed and nobody is more guilty than the other. And, uh, so that, you know, I, I don't know how much more we can really go on to that, but, um, cause I'm kind of anxious to get into this next parable and because I think it's a, a really good look at, at forgiveness uh, and second chances and everything like that. So as we go into this, um, the title of this in, in, in mine is the parable of barren fig tree. Yep. Okay. So I'm going to read, I'm going to read just this little paragraph down. uh, It's verse six down to uh, through verse nine real quick. And then let's, and then we'll talk about it. So he tells this parable, a man uh, had a fig tree that was planted in his vineyard. He came looking for fruit on it and found none. He told the vineyard worker, listen, for three years, I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree. I haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it even waste the soil? But he replied to him, sir, leave it in this year until I dig around it, fertilize it. Perhaps it will produce fruit next year. But if not, you can cut it. You can cut it down. You see a lot there, you know, this, of course, Jesus said it, so it's got a deeper meaning and it's, but you can see the um, just how beautiful he paints this picture of, you know, he, he just tells all these people that you must repent. So now he's going to focus on the fruit of your life. How, how, sh- how should you be living? And, um, and so it, it shows the, you need to show that the, the fruit of the spirit, the love and the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the self-control. Um, mm-hmm. So, Let's see here. For three years, this guy has come to see if 
this tree is bearing fruit. If uh, God is constantly waiting on us to to bear fruit and to um, share show that fruit in our lives, and this is a good example of the patience of God, the patience God has um, for us. Yeah. And then the care that he shows us. God is God's always pursuing us. So which is what the vineyard worker is what he he means when he's talking about the vineyard worker is that he's he's cultivating us. He's going to um fertilize us and get us to bear fruit. But God is also just. And there is going to come a day that there's going to come that judgment day. And if you haven't bared that fruit, if you haven't, um, you know, I mean, what am I looking for there, Marshall? Well, let me let me read this description in my Bible. It kind of explains that six through nine that you're talking about. It says in the Old Testament, a fruitful tree was often used as a symbol of godly living. And you can look at Psalm 1, 3 and Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Uh, Jesus pointed out what would mm-hmm. have what would happen to the other kind of tree, the kind that took viable time and space and still produced nothing for the patient gardener. This was one way Jesus warned his listeners that God would not tolerate for uh, forever their lack of productivity. In Luke 3, 9, it records John the Baptist's version of the same kind of message. And then it goes on to say here that it asks us, the readers, have you been enjoying God's special treatment without giving anything in return. If so, respond to the gardener's patient care and begin to bear the fruit God has created you to produce. Which is exactly what Aaron I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so before we move on, I had, in, in preparation for this, I, I read through several uh, key points of what of what this little uh, section, what we can take away out of this one, the useless uselessness invites disaster. Okay. And if something or somebody only takes, if something only takes, it cannot survive, which is what we're seeing in this tree here is it's, it's taking those nutrients out of the soil, but it's never, um, it's never giving back. It's never producing fruit. Just like us. If we're, only receiving and we're keeping it to ourselves, then how how does the kingdom of God grow? If we're not showing yeah. that spiritual fruit, you know, it's just, it's, it's pointless. So, but another thing we can look at from this little section is God gives second chances and there's a final chance. And what we want to get through to our listeners and through anybody uh, hearing this or sharing this or whatever is that there's a final chance but make sure that it's you, your final chance is in this lifetime. You don't get any second chances. Did I did after that come life. out right, Marshall? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. After this life, um, it's game over. You know, it's it, it it's not game over if you're a Christian, but it's game over if you're not. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And just like that, there's there's going to come a season for pruning, and God is going to prune those fruitless trees and cast them into the fire. Absolutely. There will be people that are weeded out. Those, those sinners that, um, those people that have not accepted Jesus as their personal Lord and savior, and that haven't followed God's word. And, uh, 
and and, and they're and you're going to be cast. So you know now is the time to get right and to and to repent. Yep, one hundred percent. Moving on here in verse thirteen. Jesus is going to be teaching in a synagogue. At this point in his ministry, they, he was obviously still allowed to teach in some. They hadn't uh, they hadn't banned him from, uh, you know, because he was he was stirring he was stirring the pot. He was uh, really ruffling some feathers, every, you know, pretty much everywhere he went because he's um, he was making these religious leaders angry. But of course, you know, there were still. Um, some synagogues that let him in. So here he is teaching in a synagogue and there was a woman there that uh, had been disabled. It says in mine, it had been disabled by a spirit for over 18 years. And so her ailment here was that she was bent over, could not straighten up at all. How miserable of a life would that be to be bent over your, for 18 years? Well, you know, <clears throat> I've seen that uh, firsthand when I was in India on mission trips um, one year we, we, we went over there, we went and visited this village that was off in these mountains and hills and stuff. And there were all these ladies that were working the land mm-hmm. and these ladies were older. You could tell they're probably like, at least they, they look like they're probably in their seventies or eighties even. And they may have been younger, but because their bodies have been through so much, they just, they look older. And I saw several ladies because yeah. they literally worked the land with their hands and they were bent over and they were stuck that way. And um, they couldn't stand up straight and their the backs were just completely arched. And um, I was just, you know, when I saw oh. it, I was like, I was like, my goodness, like, you know, the, the modern amenities that we have this day and age, they didn't have access to. And um, it, it was just, yeah. it was saddening to see it. So, I mean, it's, it's still out there today, people that are in those kind of situations. Wow. It it just, yeah, that's, that's, it just gotta be miserable. So, but Mm -hmm. here, luckily for this lady, she was in the synagogue when Jesus was teaching and he immediately said, he says, uh, woman, you are free of your disability. And he laid his hands on her and instantly she was restored. And of course, why wouldn't she begin to glorify God in that moment? Um, and here we go again, the, the leader, Go ahead. Now I was going to say that's something I wrote down is that she immediately praised God after Jesus healed her. And I, and I think that's important to, to keep that in mind, you know, to, it was the, the praising God part. I think it's important to keep in mind that we should always be praising God, uh, not just for the good things that he does in our lives, but mm-hmm. also for the, for the, for the, the struggles that he allows us to go through because there's a purpose behind it. Right. So just keep that in mind that, not only be yeah. praising God for the good things he's done for you, but even when you're going through those valleys, those hardships in your life, praise God in that moment too, because there's something he's doing in that moment, I believe. Yeah. And you may not see it right away. It, no. it may come to you later and you're like, oh man, thanks. Thank you, Lord, for giving me that knowledge or that uh, putting me through that hard time so that I can endure what's coming up or, you know, only he knows what our future holds. So, um, it may feel hard for us in the time that we're going through it, but uh, it's definitely uh, a blessing in the mm-hmm. aftermath of it. Absolutely. But so, of course, the leader of the synagogue, because he's teaching on um, on the Sabbath, and so all of this happens on the Sabbath day, and the leader is like, he, the leader of the synagogue, he's like, hey, you know, there's six days 
six days of the uh, uh, when work should be done. And so, therefore, come on those days, he says, and be healed, not on the Sabbath day. <laughs> and, and what is and what does Jesus do? The Lord answered him, and he gives him. He creates it's such an eloquent argument. He, he's like, don't you guys untie the eye? Don't you show compassion to animals? Why not show compassion to humans as well on the Sabbath? Mm-hmm. You, won't you? Wouldn't you untie your ox and lead them to water? Oh, hold on, let me make sure I'm getting that right. Oh, okay. So doesn't each one of you unite his, uh, untie his ox or donkey from the feeding trough on the Sabbath and lead it to water? Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know, it goes back to that whole thing. How much, you know, we just read this in uh, earlier in Luke that how much more important are, hu- are, are God's people, you know, us mm-hmm. than even the animals. And here you are showing compassion to these animals to lead them to water or feed or whatever. And you still won't, uh, you're going to throw a fit about a lady being healed from, from her ailment. Yeah. Well, and doesn't he call them hypocrites? Yeah. Hey, he calls yes. them hypocrites yeah. right there. And that, you know, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that got me to thinking because he says, you hypocrites, don't each of you on the Sabbath untie. And he goes into all that. And I'm like, you know, that, that got me to think. And I was like, you know, Jesus, Jesus really put the synagogue leader in his place there. And I got thinking, I was like, how often do we yeah. catch ourselves calling the, calling the kettle black, essentially, or being hypocrites ourselves? And I'm just like, you know, it made me stop and think, like, how often do I get mad at somebody for doing something or saying something or see somebody else doing something? And I'm like, you know, they say sometimes that oftentimes when you get mad at somebody for doing something, nine times out of 10, if you stop and think about it, you do the exact same thing, yet you get mad at somebody else for doing it. So it's okay for you, but not not for him yeah. or he or she or whatever. So. You know, it, it, there's 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 a good lesson there. Jesus is trying to teach us there. Yeah, and the, and the thing about it is, this synagogue leader, he was he he never had the ability or authority to heal on any day of the week, and mm-hmm. uh, yet he objected Jesus for doing this, and and then didn't even have the courage to speak directly to Jesus. He he turns and he addresses the crowd. So it's like Jesus does this, and he turns to the crowd, and he's like, hey. You guys have six days. Don't be coming here for healing on the Sabbath day. You have six days of the week that we can that you can come here, get healed all you want. And he's saying that when it's like, you know, when he doesn't even have the power to heal. Jesus does. Jesus is right there. And, you know, it's just it, it constantly surprises me. And it shouldn't. It, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, but. The fact that these you, you you're watching these miracles happen right in front of your eyes. This lady was healed. And you're you're gonna throw a fit mm-hmm. over it? Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> so then he goes on. Or then he said, uh, let's see here. When he had said these things, all his adversary uh adversaries were humiliated, but the whole crowd was rejoicing over all the glorious things he was doing. So don't sweat the small stuff. There's gonna be people that in your life, um as a believer and and, and you saying things just like, Oh, God is leading me here or, uh, whatever. You're going to have people that are going to persecute you in a way and that are going to have a problem with what you're saying, but you still have most of all God on your side. And there are still people that are going to rejoice with you. There are those fellow believers that are rejoicing with you. So Mm -hmm. just keep that in mind. Don't let that get you down. 
stand firm in what you believe in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So he says, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? What can I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden, and it grew and became a tree, and the birds of the sky nested in its branches. Yep. You know, so it, we're talking, what he's referring to is that he, the the kingdom of God starts small, and, and and it grows so big. It's a it's a uh, a picture of the of the church, the church body. Which let me remind you is the people, not the building, growing large, growing so mm-hmm. unnaturally large. Yeah, because mustard seeds, mustard seeds are small. Yeah, and so that's you know he, he's giving you a look at the kingdom and how big it's gonna and how big it's gonna grow and how how big it is, how big God's kingdom is. Yeah, well, it says um, more or less what Jesus is saying, and, and uh, well, Jesus did say this that his 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 kingdom would begin quietly, and that's that's where um, mm-hmm. it's referring to. Let me see. Well, the the mustard seed, and uh, is it? Have you gotten there yet? To the, I guess that's coming up next. Well, you well, can talk about the yeast. What that's. Yeah. And that's I you know I I think that for us nowadays it's um I I really like his his comparison to the leaven or to the yeast and and the way how God's kingdom grows a little bit better than the mustard seed. Um it's a little easier for us to relate to because I'm sure there's a lot of uh, uh, you know a lot more people nowadays that make their own bread. So we can com- we yeah. can relate to that a little better. Yeah. Yep. And that what he's referring to is that the bread rises and it grows and it gets bigger. Well, it's the same with with God's kingdom. You know, his his kingdom will continue. It starts off quietly and small, but it continues to grow and grow and grow and grow until he reaches all corners of the earth. That's what he was getting at. Yeah, and, and you know, because if you know and you've been, if you know and you and you've worked with yeast, it takes a little amount of yeast to grow to create a whole lot of bread. Yeah. And you know, uh, you know Aaron who who makes who makes some bread. You know who makes some <laughs> your wife. Oh yeah, man, she can make some bread. Now, you <laughs> yes, know what I'm saying? That's some good. Bread. That's some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, I don't. Th- that's why I say I, I can probably relate to that analogy of God's kingdom a little better is because I know what it takes. And I, you know, I've made my own, I I make my own wine. So, um, even then that, that same, that same, uh, analogy, oh man, analogy, I guess could be used in, in the making of wine. It takes a little bit of yeast to make a lot of wine. Uh, Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so you, you can use any of that. It starts, like you said, Marshall, it starts small and it grows big. And w- what our job is, is to continue to spread God's word and to cons- and to continue to spread um, the good news about what Jesus came to do for us to grow that kingdom. And it, it is naturally going to grow because that's what, you know, it, it's, it's all led by God. Yeah. And what God intends and wants, uh, well, it's going to happen whether you like it or not. And that's what God intended from day one. Yeah. So now he goes into all of this and he's talking about the kingdom of God and he's going he's uh 
he's going to tell us that the we're we're moving on to the title of this is the narrow way. And Marshall, we've talked about this before that the the path of Christianity of believing in Jesus is a narrow road. And I think that mm-hmm. what we're getting into um scares a lot of people, but it shouldn't be scary. Mm-hmm. But it should make you think. It, it it should definitely make you think and it should make you exactly. fear the Lord. And it, not necessarily like a scared fear, but like a reverent, respectful fear. Yeah. Yeah. A lot like a lot like you would have for you for your dad growing up. It's right. it's a um you know we're gonna get into it. Hold on just a second. I could hear him coming, so I was I was dragging my feet. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta put a lock on that door. Okay. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> I know. I I should have a long time ago. <laughs> All right. We're back. Um and we're gonna be talking about the narrow way. And this is this is the way. this is really where the real meat of this um chapter, I think, it really starts getting good. And so, yeah. and like I said before the break, that there's a lot of people that um, I, I, I kind of want to say take it out of context, but um, maybe not take it out of context, but get scared of. And uh, so Luke is going to be, um, is writing this in a way uh, that he's giving you an idea that here, here's Jesus in the first, in verse 22. He went through one town and village after another, teaching and making his way to Jerusalem. He's getting closer and closer to his appointed work. He's getting closer and closer. He's working his way towards Jerusalem to fulfill what he came uh, to earth in the flesh to do. And then uh, someone asks him, "Are, are only a few people going to be saved? Whether they ask that out of a, uh, like a worldly uh, standpoint, because we got to remember that these people are still thinking that Jesus is here to conquer a worldly kingdom. And so, um, either way, he's going to respond to them to, to say, make every effort to enter through the narrow door, because I tell you, many will try and try to enter and won't be able. And then, you know, uh, so that was when I say there's a lot of people that get scared that uh, that's the verse that I'm referring to. Many will try and uh, try to enter and won't be able to. So I, I want to take a step back just for a second. And in 1322, I read this little tidbit below the main chapters here or verse. And it says, this is the second time that Luke reminds us that Jesus was intentionally going to Jerusalem. The other time is in Luke 951. Jesus knew he was on his way to die, but he continued preaching to large crowds. The prospect of death did not deter mm-hmm. Jesus from his mission. I don't know about you, but I just read that I was like, wow. I mean, ask yourself this. Yeah. If you knew that you were about to be murdered or killed, would you continue preaching the word of God or would you turn around, tuck tail and run? out of fear of knowing what's about yeah. to happen to you. And, and and that's the thing. Most of the disciples too did the same thing. And that's how we can, that's, that's one of the main reasons why we know that this is 
absolute truth is that who would do that? If you really sit down and reflect on that, you know, I couldn't. It'd be, I'd say I couldn't. It would be absolutely, it would be absolutely hard to do. And it was hard for Jesus too. If you think about it, it he was so in turmoil about it that he sweat blood. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> the the narrow I, I'm laughing because uh, every now and then I can hear myself talk back to oh. me, and that really kind of screws me up. <laughs> um. Anyway, um, the narrow the narrow door. Some some translations may say narrow gate, and this mm-hmm. is when he says that you have to. It's narrow because it takes effort and it takes purpose. You have to be purposeful. You have to be, um, you have to make it a priority in your life to seek Jesus. That's why it yeah, is a you, narrow gate. And this also implies, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we, we can't save ourselves. There's no way that we can work ourselves into, um, in, into God's favor. We have to put forth that effort to strive to want to spend time with God and grow with God and learn about God. Um, that's that's what you have to be diligent about that you have to strive to follow him whatever that cost might be just like he strived to spread his word and preach no matter what the outcome was and he knew the outcome he strived so how much more should we strive to be like him and do what he did yeah well and just think about that word strive the word literally means agonize so what what do you think of when you think of agonizing or to um it's you're you're like you're thinking about something so deeply and you're you're uh that you are uh that it, it's taking over your whole being that that's all you can think about so strive agonize to enter through that narrow gate yeah <laughs> and this also implies that we cannot bring unnecessary things yep and so and he says when you know another breakdown of that would be um Many will try to enter and won't be able to. That's mm-hmm. going back to what we've talked before. You you have so many chances, and you have the free will, yes. So say take this, for example. Somebody grows up in church. They've, they've grown up uh, hearing God's word and hearing the goodness of Jesus and what he came to do for us and, and the forgiveness of our sins, and yet they turn away from it. But yet they'll say, I think I may be getting ahead of myself because because uh, we're going into the, you know, I, Lord, I've dined with you and yet you're going to deny me. You know, it's like, yeah, but you never fully put your faith and trust in it. You turned away from me. You may know all of it. And just knowing just knowing God's word is not sufficient enough for, for salvation. You've got to know and believe what Jesus did and have full faith and trust. In Jesus Christ. Yeah. Well, you have to, you know, just, just listening to Jesus's words or admiring his miracles is not enough. Uh, you, you, you have to turn from your sin and you have to trust in God to, to, to save you. And, and that, you know, even as a Christian, that makes me stop and think and just question my life and my walk. And Hey, you better make sure because there's going to be, you know, you know, these, some of these big preachers and, all these big people you see out there, you may not see some of these people in heaven that you may think you may see up there because the way they were living their life or how they were doing things, you just, you just don't know. 
That's why it's so important to, yeah. to strive. Yeah. And and think about it this way. You know, it's not don't think, you know, make sure you're at the right gate, right? Good works. Yeah. Wrong that's the wrong gate, you know. Yep. Uh you could you could strive your whole life, but if you're not at the right gate, it doesn't make a difference. You know, the you know who the right gate is? Is Jesus. Yeah. He's the gate and he's the door. Yeah. And there are obstacles. That's why it's that's why it's narrow because there are so many obstacles that the the world is an obstacle, uh, the the devil is an obstacle, and the flesh our flesh is an obstacle. There's so many obstacles, but you got to keep focused on Jesus and being and the gate. Yep. So and this is here's our backup, Marshall, for what we said earlier. As far as there are no there are, he gives you second chances in this life but there are no second chances after. And this is, here's what he says. Once the homeowner gets up and shuts the door, you will stand outside and knock on the door saying, Lord, open up for us. He will answer you. I don't know. I don't know you or where you are from. Then you will say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you or where you are from. Get away from me. You evil do all you evil doers. Well, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth in that place when you see Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all the prophets in the kingdom of God, but you, uh, but yourselves thrown out. Uh, okay, so they will come from the, e- verse 29, they will come from the east and the west, from north and south, to share the banquet in the kingdom of God. Note this, some who, this is, I, I really like this part, some who are last will be first, and some who are first will be last. Let's break that down a little bit, Marshall. That that first part, the homeowner mm-hmm. gets up, shuts the door. We're talking about once you die, once Jesus comes back, whichever happens first, time's up. That's it. That's all you got. You had your whole life to accept Jesus and what he did for us on the cross. That's what he's saying here. It's that simple. Yeah. Um. um I can kind of break it down a little bit for, for, for 29 and 30. I'll just read my little snippets. I read these a lot because it helps me ex- understand God's word. And it really breaks it down and puts it in layman's terms. So that, that's why oftentimes you hear me say this mm-hmm. stuff. And it's not always my, my, <laughs> my words. I'm just reading from this because it's, I think it's great. But 1329 says God's kingdom will include people from every part of the world. Israel's rejection of Jesus as Messiah would not stop God's plan. True Israel includes all people who believe in Christ. This was an important fact for Luke to stress as he was directing his gospel to a Gentile audience. You can also read about that in Romans 4, 16 through 25 and Galatians 3, 6 through 9. And then in 1330, uh, he goes on to, uh, says God's kingdom will have many surprises. Some who are despised now will be greatly honored then. Then influential, And then some influential people here will be left outside the gates. And that's where he's talking about, indeed, there are those who are last who will be first and those who are first who will be last. And that's what he's talking about there. Many great people on this earth, in God's eyes, are virtually ignored by the rest of the world. What matters to God is not a person's earthly Mm -hmm. popularity, his status, his wealth, his heritage, or power, but his or her commitment to Christ. I want to stop there. Because I had a conversation with my cousin yesterday, my cousin Nathan. He's a um, he is a pastor. He's been a pastor, you know, at a, at a few different churches. Um, and so 
you know, we, we got to talking and he was, <laughs> he was, he was telling me, Hey, you can move, right. You can, you can transfer wherever you want to. Right. And I said, I mean, you know, kind mm-hmm. of, yeah. And, uh, he said, well, you guys should move out to, <laughs> uh, Northeast Texas where they live. And, uh, and, and, you know, cause him and his wife, their plan and what they want to do is that they really want to open a church. They want to start their own church. And, um, oh. he was telling me, he said, you should come and, and work with us and help us start this church and come be a part of this. And, uh, we got to talking about that and he said, you know, it's kind of like, I think Aaron, and I, Aaron and I kind of had a conversation uh, recently about, you know, it's like Aaron was telling me how he just wants to be 100% kingdom minded, kingdom focused. Like that's, that's, that's his plan. That's his goal. And yeah. it's my plan and goal too. But then my cousin was saying the exact same thing yesterday in my conversation. He's like, what more do we have to do than to be 100% kingdom focused and kingdom minded? Like, he's like, that's what I want to be about. I want to be all about the word of God. And he's like, that's what I want to do. He's like, yeah. Or yeah, I guess he said, I guess you can just sit back on the couch and eat, eat some Cheetos and watch it all go down, you know, and just let it happen. But he's like, I want to be a part of it. I want to be in the mix. And I'm like, Touche, my friend. Touche. So, um, man, it's good stuff. And so anyway, it, it goes on um, after that. It says, but his or her commitment to Christ. So how do you value? Uh, so it, it's just asking a question. How do your values what, match what the Bible tells you to value? Uh, so, you know, just put God in first place and you will join people from all over the world who will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of heaven. Yes. Definitely. And Marshall, I have thought about, it's like, I've had this crazy thought. It's like, man, how cool would it be to just start a church? Not, not a, not a religion, but a church, a church plant. And how cool would that be? I'm not a preacher. I haven't been to seminary or anything like that, but how cool would that be? That is what we strive to do is we strive to be kingdom focused and, uh, you know, we talked on the phone. How cool would that be just to wake up every morning and just have God on your mind, which he already is, okay, but to be studying and to be talking about him from the time you wake up, and that's your job. It just it just sounds very uh, tempting. Or, you know, not tempting. That's a bad word for it. But um, it sounds great. Just very pleasing. <laughs> to put it it's real very simply. Pleasing. pleasing. It's very pleasing yeah. to be here. <laughs> um, so anyway, uh, going on, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying this, but going on, you know, in, in, in verse 31, it, it start, so th- this this next little, you know, paragraph here, it starts talking about Jesus grieves over Jerusalem. That's what we're kind of going into here. And I'm going to read mm-hmm. through 31 and 32. I'm going to read like the first couple letters here and then I'm going to stop because there's something that caught my eye that I was unsure of. Anyway, so it says okay, on 31, right. it says at that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. And then 32, <laughs> and 32, yeah. Jesus, Jesus replies, he says, go tell that Fox. And so I stopped right there. When I read that today and I was listening to it and I read it, I was like, Fox, like, what is a, what does he mean by that? Like, I've never heard that before in the Bible. I've never heard that period in my life. And so I, mm. I just, a minute ago, I got to, I typed it in this app that I have. And I think you have the same one, Aaron. And what pulled up is in Solomon, in the Song of Solomon, in Solomon, the Song of Solomon 215, 
uh, I, I guess it, it mentions like a fox, and it's, it's so it's saying like the um, I guess you know foxes are very destructive, and you know they just they just tear yeah. stuff up. Yep. And, and so I, I guess that's that's I guess that's how he was using that that you know because um, hair just wants to come through and just destroy and just tear things up. And so I, I had no idea that that's what he meant by that, and that's how he was using it. But when I first read it, I was like go tell that Fox. I was like, all right, cool. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Well, let me stop you right there. Um, you know, that's, that's the thing about a Fox is cause when I initially read that, I, I had to laugh because it's like, Oh man, he's like, he's, it's almost like if you could see me, if this was a video podcast, you know, just like uh, get out of my face. Just don't, Go tell that fox that, you know, a fox is sly, a fox is sneaky, a fox is, like you said, Marshall, destructive, and um, they they steal, and they, <coughs> every time you've seen a fox on a cartoon, that's what it's depicted as, is is like a, a bad guy. Yeah, and I, I love what Jesus, he goes on, and he says, so he says, go tell that fox, I will drive out demons. And heal people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. I'm just like, <laughs> typical Jesus fashion. He's like, yep. Listen, buddy, I'm going to do what I was sent here to do. And there's not a single person who's going to stop me. So you go tell him that he can just tuck tail and run or do what he wants to do. But I'm still going to do what I came to do. I love it. I just, I love Jesus's. It's kind of an attitude, right? It's just, ah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and as he, he knew what he was going, you know, he knew that, uh, of course he's, he's God in the flesh. So he, he knows what's happening. He, he knows that he can't be that, that he, he's not going to kill him. His, his work is going to be completed in Jerusalem. So, which yeah. is why he makes that statement. It is not possible for a prophet to perish outside of Jerusalem. Yeah. He pretty much tells him he he is constantly. We see um, Jesus constantly reminding him what his job here, what his job is, and he he sneaks it in at every little second, or you know every little thing that he says because he says, uh, "On the third day, I will complete my work." He's like, "Hey, mm-hmm. I'm hinting at you guys that uh, I will be I will be uh, resurrected on the third day." Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, of course he had nothing to fear. But it's it's funny because I mean, you know what's another thing that we can take out of this that there are we got to remember those were there were some Pharisees that were uh, you know a lot of them were against him but then we're seeing a picture here that there were actually some Pharisees that actually cared for Jesus that were that actually did recognize uh, either either recognized him as the Messiah or just cared for him just out of the goodness of their hearts that they didn't want to see um, uh, Herod kill him. Yeah, and so, well, to round out this uh, episode and round out this um, uh, chapter here, we can uh, we're going to get into Jesus saying, "Jerusalem, Jerusalem, why? Who kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to her?" You know, it's he he's going to it is it Jesus lamentation over Jerusalem. It's it, kind of like a crying out. It's like why can't you recognize this? Why, you know, you, you've had prophets come to you 
you're God's chosen people, and yet you still can't see what's right there in front of your eyes. Mm-hmm. And then how often, see, he's all this happens to him. He, he gets confronted with all these people that seem to hate him, and yet we still see the love of Jesus say here, how I often wanted to gather your uh, gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you're not willing. He wants us. He wants to just take us all in. He yeah. wants to protect us all, and he wants. Gee, that's the thing about. That's what the beauty of all this is: is that uh, God wants us all. He wants everybody to come to him. He wants everybody to rely on him. Yeah. And yet there are people that, because of that free will, there are people that just don't want it. There's people that are unwilling. Mm-hmm. That's sad. And there will be a day. This is true as this, this statement that he's about to make here at the end of cha- uh, chapter 13 is as true then as it is today. I tell you, I will not, uh, let's see, see your house is abandoned to you. I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed it is he who comes in the name of the Lord. There are many that recognized that finally got it at, at, at the crucifixion. And when he resurrected, I was like, oh man, he was truly the Messiah. And is that, that's going to happen again when Jesus returns. There's going to be, there's all these yep. people that are rejecting him now, but they're going to see the power and the majesty when Jesus comes back. And they're going to say, oh yeah, he is the Lord. I should have. Or don't be one of those people that say, I should have turned to him. You know, just be like, we should all be anxiously awaiting his return. Yep. You don't want to be the shoulda, the shoulda, coulda, woulda group of people. Yeah. You want to be the, I did, and I'm here now. Yep. I'm, I'm going to feast. Let's go eat. Yep. Let's go to that banquet feast in heaven all together. We want... All of you guys listening and Marshall and me, we want to go and have that banquet feast in heaven all together. 110%. That's the whole purpose behind us doing this podcast is to, like we always say, and we will continue to reiterate this, is to spread the gospel, to do our best at spreading the gospel. And ultimately, like Aaron just said, we want to see you all in heaven with us. That's the ultimate goal. Um. Yeah. So don't hesitate. What are you waiting for? Yeah, that's the goal of this. And you know, we. Yeah, I know we repeat ourselves a lot on here, <laughs> but that's the goal of it. Yeah. So that rounds us. That rounds us out. We finished it. We finally finished a chapter in one episode. Hey, thankfully, you know, it was it was a little bit shorter. Uh, still took just over an hour, but uh, we got through it. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and I, I want to remind everybody too, the listening, that you guys need to. There was some, there was a lot of stuff that we do kind of skip over. A lot of stuff, you know. I, I read, uh, like I said, I'll have a study Bible, I'll have a Bible app open sometimes, and I'll be reading a commentary. Go back, read fully read those commentaries and and see the full breakdown of what this is. This is just literally a little quick snapshot and something to try to get your gears turning and to try and um, help you 
all we're trying to do is spread the good news of Jesus. So are we going to get everything right? Nope. We've said that before, but uh, hey, hopefully it helps everybody. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, shoot. I heard it raining earlier. I guess I'm going to have to put my, uh, I walked out here in flip flops and I'm going to have to walk out of here in rain boots, I guess. (laughs) There you go. Hey guys, and thank you for listening to Undaunted Pursuit Podcast. Give us a good rating on iTunes, good review, leave us five stars, and follow us on YouTube. Click that subscription bell, keep up to date with the newest episodes. And don't forget to follow us on other social media outlets such as Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And if you ever have any questions, don't hesitate to email us at undauntedpursuit at gmail.com and go to our website at undauntedpursuit.podbean.com. And don't forget, if you like what you're hearing, go to Patreon, follow us on Patreon, subscribe to our channel there there's a small tier for donations any help any support this podcast is made possible by you the patron we thanks for listening we'll see you guys next time see you